Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. Okay. Here's the deal. I'm not here to waste your time. Okay? I certainly hope you're not here to waste mine. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Two little mice found in a bucket of cream. Now, you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. Be water, my friend. Welcome to Unstrategic, the podcast about digital strategy. For me, strategy is is really intent, planning, and I think that comes down to like the planning of design and engineering. And I think in, in anything from a marketing standpoint, it really comes down to, you know, what's your strategy? How are you going to design that strategy out? And then how are you going to engineer something to make that happen? Hey guys, I'm your host, Adam James LaMagna, and today we're chatting with Patrick Richardson. Now, Patrick is the U.S. Managing Director for Hedgehog Labs. It's a tech consultancy that helps organizations innovate and build digital experiences in the mobile and VR, AR spaces. And I think that's very different from being strategic. I actually think that being strategic is more more a verb than an adjective being strategic is taking all of those things that you planned that you want to put into play and taking those things and learning on the fly and adjusting and pivoting our talk today spans a number of topics from agency life and team building to the inner workings of a design sprint and finally to providing strategic insights for clients before we get underway i want everyone to know that patrick and i have known each other for a number of years and patrick's not only been a mentor of mine but a friend so parts of our conversation can seem a bit candid in certain areas all of which we feel is worth sharing Right before this interview took place, I had just gotten off of a review call and I thought I had overstepped my boundaries when critiquing another person's work. I ended up sharing the story with Patrick to get his advice on improving my ability to communicate with effectiveness. Patrick, I I feel like this is something you're really good at. You, You respond to people. You don't react, right? And I've definitely gotten better at this over time, but how long did it take you to learn? And is there anything you can say about what clicked for you? I kind of learned over time, you know, I, I think right, right. when I was young, I was brash. I was telling people how it was and how it should be. And, you know, I was definitely that guy. And, and you know, and once again, that as long as it's done in a, in a, in the right way, in other words, you're standing up for yourself, you're, you're passionate about something and then you put it across that's not to say that I always put it across the right way. And I think from those experiences, I learned that I didn't want to be that guy right, right, because it's not collaborative. And so I think as I learned to become a creative director and learned how to kind of take on the next layer of managerial in, in my career, you learn that you can still have a vision and you can still direct people in that way, but you can't be tyrannical about it. You can't 
say that that's the only way forward. And I think that's a big thing that I learned is, is to understand that even if you don't get your way, as long as you can try to keep people pointed in the direction that you want to go, that you'll all find your way. Yeah. Yeah. That's insightful. And, you know, and it's just a part of either being a teammate or being the captain. And so when you're the captain, you need to directionally tell people where you want to head and then listen to what they have to say. And then maybe steer change course based on what they're bringing to the table. If you're just a teammate, sometimes you have to let go of and let somebody else steer. And while that can be frustrating to not be listened to or whatever, in the end, I think when, when I find it now, in the end, I thought about a lot of little things back in the day. And I was trying to win wars over the smallest, minute details. Right. And right. Um, that's really cool when you think you're like Mr. Advertising, Mr. Marketing and all that. Um, but you can, you can burn a hell of a lot of bridges and you, and you can really demoralize a team. And I think that's the big thing is like, how do you, how do you work with a team and, and get everybody to, to be happy, but also be the leader of the team and, and try to, you know, set the direction or at least be a part of somebody who sets the direction. Before we get into the meat of today's conversation, let's start with Patrick's past work experience and where he currently is today. You know, my background is in design. I went to Syracuse University for communication design, worked in recruitment advertising when I came out of school. Well, I had one job in D.C. in graphic design for a year, then uh, moved into recruitment advertising, did that for a while, realized that I really wanted to focus in on branding. Uh, went back to school, went to Emerson University for my integrated marketing degree, then moved over to a PR firm where I took over marketing for that firm and then uh, eventually took over creative services where we were doing all kind of integrated marketing around a lot of PR campaigns and, and things that our clients needed us to do. And then I moved uh, on to a enterprise web agency where we were doing a lot of large-scale editorial websites using WordPress and, and Drupal. And from there, then I moved on to where I am now at Hedgehog Lab. I'm the U.S. Managing Director. And once again, I still do a lot of things, anything from sales, operations, all the way down to account management. And we uh, work in mobile applications, AR, VR, and artificial intelligence. Yeah, I always knew you had a pretty robust, broad background involved in a lot of different disciplines. But you mentioned you wanted to focus on branding. Was there a, a draw to that? Yeah. You know, when I was working in recruitment advertising, we were working with Sprint. And uh, this was when they were just getting going as kind of Big Red. No other wireless carrier has more 3G coverage than Big Red. So browse the web much better. Update Facebook pages better. Get your boring job much better. Uh, before they were big yellow. Um, and and uh, it was my first, you know, occasion to work with, uh, you know, the internal workings of uh, branding at Sprint. And we actually worked on the, the branding together as it related to recruitment, you know, and I, and I started to understand that, that you needed a, a basis, you needed um, a structure to work from 
because you couldn't just let potheads like myself, pothead designers like myself, just make really cool ads, you know, without having some type of system to make them all look the same, to make them all kind of sound the same. And because ultimately, and, and the thing that I learned in all of that is you can still do great advertising. You can still do great marketing under the structure of a great brand, that great things could still happen creatively. And it just made for a more powerful message across all the mediums. So in, in addition to branding and design, I feel like you also have a good handle on business and the marketing side of things, but you ended up going back to get your degree in marketing, right? The reason I went back to Emerson to get my integrated marketing degree was that I wanted to not just be kind of a one-trick pony and only be solving things with design. And I think you know that kind of goes into part of sales and, and how you sell things. I wanted to be able to walk in, listen to people's problems and come up with great solutions. And I didn't want to be handcuffed that like, okay, I'm, I'm listening to this company talk about a problem. And all of a sudden, I'm all I know is I need to sell my brochure. Right, right. You know, and a work. brochure is not going to solve this guy's problem. But yeah. but I'm in the I'm in the area of design and he came to me asking for a brochure. Right. Fit, so fitting I, it into the services you provide. Yeah, it's like fitting into the services that I provide. And so that was really why I kind of went back to school and wanted to to kind of have more tools on the tool belt to help people solve their problems. So as I've gone across advertising, marketing, PR, web into mobile, you know, everybody has problems. Everybody um, has things that they need to work out. And, and I think all of those things now have kind of helped me to be a better strategist and, and uh, confidant for our clients. So one of the things I ask pretty much every guest that comes on is, you know, what, what is strategy to you, Patrick? You know, so for me, strategy is, is really intent, planning, and I think that comes down to like the planning of design and engineering. And I think in, in anything from a marketing standpoint, you know, it really comes down to, you know, what's your strategy? How are you going to design that strategy out? And then how are you going to engineer something to make that happen? And I think that's very different in my head from being strategic. I actually think that being strategic, Strategic is, in my head, more a, more a verb than an adjective. You know, being strategic is taking all of those things that you planned, that you want to put into play, and being strategic is taking those things and learning on the fly and adjusting and pivoting. Um, and I find those two words, you know, very interesting because they're they're almost supposed to mean the same thing. You know, if you have a strategy, you're strategic. But I really think that. You know, being strategic means taking your strategy, put it into play, learning from it, and then making changes on the fly uh, to make it better, to make it more impactful. Right, right. So can, can you speak to how you effectively use that in your current business, your current role, the role that you're in right now? You know, so for me uh, at Hedgehog Lab, I'll, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, just like in any industry, somebody comes out, comes to you and says, I need a brochure. And then a lot of people come to us and say, oh, well, I need an app. I've got an idea for an app. Right. 
And, you know, I think the first thing that we say to them is, but what's your business plan? You know, and I think that all of the integrated marketing and all of the things that I've learned in the past really helped me uh, to have that conversation with our clients about what is it their business is going to do? You know, not only how are we going to make this product, how much that's going to cost them, how much they need to then make off of their business to recapture that and and succeed and make more. But it's also, you know, what are the strategic ways that you're going to go about doing it? So having an idea of advertising and digital and all of these things, all these ways that they, you know, can make themselves successful is always great when we're, we're kind of in the upfront talking about it. Now our company, yeah, like we do one thing and one thing really well. We don't have SEO. We don't have marketing. We don't have all that stuff. We just build the product, but the product really is a business. That's a, it's a digital business that, that's on mobile phones in most cases. And so just having all that purview just helps that conversation. Um, and having that experience, you know, knowing where, uh, working with a lot of different industries and verticals and things over the years. Just, helps me understand them a little bit better and and get them more focused on how they can be successful. So I'd like to shift into tactics and talk a little bit about the things you do in a design sprint. And I know you facilitate these well, but how do they normally unfold and what's the value that comes out of them? So, you know, a lot of our clients will come to us and they have a great idea. You know, they have that kernel of an idea. Part of that, what we call a design sprint is really kind of flushing out uh, what that idea is. And so what we do is have them come in and, and talk about their idea. And then we, then we go through the, the, you know, the business of the idea, all of those tactics to make it a successful business. And then we, you know, during those, that phase, we're we're thinking about the personas of the customers. We're doing uh, user journey maps. We're starting to uh, work on a little of their brand and, and look if they don't already have it. And on top of that, then we're kind of prototyping out some of the major kind of functionality. One of the big things that we really believe in at Hedgehog Lab is that, you know, you have to get this in the hands of the users. I, I've been thinking about this a lot as it's in context to the, the greater things that are happening in America, but I think people forget about scientific method. And, you know, you should have a hypothesis and, and a lot of smart people have hypotheses about what they think is going to work and what they think customers want. And that's how great kernels of ideas usually happen. But until you put that idea into the hands of the actual customer and hear what they have to say, you can be doing yourself such a disservice to just kind of push forward with your grand idea. Because sometimes, you know, the idea itself never changes. But what changes is some of the functionality, the way that somebody might want something. Or we can save our customers money or our clients money by just putting it in the hands of these people. And they say, you know what, I would never use that piece of functionality. Well, that's something that we don't need to build right away. So continuing to have hypotheses, continuing to test your ideas um, is something that's hugely valuable uh, in mobile application design, as well as I think most other designs. Yeah. So speaking of prototyping and user testing, I, I agree. I think that type of data is really valuable, much of which is qualitative, right? Do, do you deal with a lot of quantitative like web or mobile metrics analytics? Yes. I have my own needs for analytics. I think in every company, you need a heavy amount of it, particularly here in the digital age. And, you know, I, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think some people get kind of 
too wrapped up in it and and um and it can take a really long time to to make data useful and so you know you always have to kind of you have to figure out how much time are you willing to invest in it and what's the output going to be at the end of it for me i'm always looking at you know who's coming to our website what they're looking at you know what's the uptick for our clientele um, and making sure that our marketing is moving those people to our website, you know, and that's the other thing you got to decipher some things like, okay, well, I had 10,000 more people that came to my site this, this month, you know, should that be a, a statistic that you're excited about? And that's yes and no. I mean, yes, you're excited that your marketing is, is moving people, but if you're not bringing the right people to your site, then you're just wasting a lot of money. So sometimes you have to dig into those analytics and, and try to find a better path. And that takes a lot of time. Um, but I think if you can get to better insights by being deeper with the analytics and not just, you know, looking at the, the kind of generic ones, then I think you can start to move towards hitting the right targets. All right, Patrick, I usually end these interviews with asking guests to share some tips and tricks that they feel might be helpful uh, to our listeners. So knowing your background, I'd like to specifically ask you about working directly with clients. Is there anything uh, that you can share, any advice you can give our listeners about working directly with clients? Trying as many different exercises as you can to get the clients to say things in different ways so that you can do concentric circles of their conversations and really understand what they truly mean. So sometimes a client can say something to you in one way. And if you take it at face value, you say, okay, that was pretty self-explanatory. But if you ask them a question in another way, and then they talk about almost the same thing, but just contextually a little different, sometimes you can see that there can be more questions that you need to ask because when they talk about it in this new exercise, you may be like, oh, well, that wasn't what you said over there. And so it sometimes helps to ask and do different exercises to, to really find out what the client wants. Um, because I, I, I tend to find one question and answer probably isn't going to do it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you really need to get them to spit out as much of the idea as possible, put it up on the boards, and then take all that information and bring it back together and then kind of paraphrase what you think they're saying versus just saying, okay, tell it to me one time and then I think we're good. Right, right. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So the final thing I'll ask, is there something you know now that you wish you had known before you started in your tech career? I always feel like this is a good closing question. Yeah, so I mean, I think, you know, just from my experience, I think there was kind of two things. Uh, you know, number one, and this is something that uh, I love about you know, moving to the tech industry, I learned that the tech industry is really collaborative. Yeah, that people, definitely. unlike marketing, the, the people in the tech industry are working on projects that are going to take a really long time. They're all in it together. They're, they're willing to fail. They're willing to do it together. They're, they're not pointing fingers and they're just trying to make the, the best product that they possibly can. Right. And I think that there's a lot more finger pointing in marketing. And maybe that's just because it's, you know, kind of loose ideas and, and not, you know, really physical building of things. And when things go wrong, I don't know. It just seems as an industry, they want to point fingers, they want right. to lay blame. 
And so it, it didn't feel very collaborative. And, and, and it felt, you know, if anybody's been in those professions, they're going to know. They feel a lot of pressure. Absolutely. Because at all times, particularly as you rise to the top, you're the person who said to do X, Y, and Z. Right. When that fails, they tend to have a finger pointing more than a, hey, let's figure this out and try to do better the next time. <laughs> uh, so that was number one. That was the number one thing that I learned coming into the tech industry from kind of PR and advertising. Well, what's the number two? You know, number two. And this, I think, goes for most anything, but anything can be done with design and engineering. And there should never be the words no or we can't ever said at your company. I like that. Because I think some developers think very uh, black and white about things. And, and sometimes they tend to tell you, well, that can't be done. And, and, and rightfully so, there's probably an X, Y, and Z in their head of, of why that can't be done. But um, I've always found that there's usually two or three people in the organization who are those people who never say no. And, and inevitably, every time I've challenged them with something like, hey, I talked to this person and they said it can't be done, they, those people figured it out. And it may not be the easiest way. It might not be the cheapest way. But I don't think I've ever found a case where something couldn't be done. And so I think that that's one thing that I bring to the tech industry and to my teams is, is I never want to hear no, or I never want to hear we can't, because I think there's always a way. And, you know, when you work with really smart people, uh, they always find a way to do it. And, and that's what I've loved about the tech industry. All right, everyone. That was my interview with Patrick Richardson. Again, he is the U.S. Managing Director for Hedgehog Labs. If you're thinking about creating a mobile app for your company or if you need help in the way of virtual reality, augmented reality, or artificial intelligence, please feel free to reach out to him. His contact info will be in the show notes. Guys, I'm your host, Adam James Lamagna, and we'll be back in a few weeks with a brand new episode. Thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you all soon. Cheers.